And welcome once again to another edition of A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. I'm Dan Elmendorf, and joining me in the studio today is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. Good to be here, Dan. And on the phone is Dr. Mark Allison. Thank you. It's good to be with you again. Well, we've got two Marks, and um, um, Dr. Allison, I'll just refer to you that way. It's it's a pleasure to have you here. It's been a long time <laughs> since we've had you on the air with us, so mm-hmm. thank you, and, and you agreed to join us here at the very last minute. Uh, today on A Plain Answer, we want to um, continue a discussion that we started last week, really. Maybe some of you will recall that we were talking about national sins, uh, we do live at a time in America where uh, there are a number of grave concerns. The institution of marriage is under attack. And uh, yet the Bible is very clear as what constitutes marriage. And uh, maybe we could start there. I, we want to talk about churches and how some churches have let down on the biblical position regarding marriage and church leadership, etc. Um, but certainly not all. And we also would like to touch upon the subject of, suppose that reform is needed in the church. What does that look like? And and certainly we don't want to abandon the church as some have. And so to begin, maybe Mark Diedrich, maybe you could help us get started, particularly about um, the whole aspect of, of marriage and what the Bible has to say about marriage. Well, the Bible talks about marriage as right from the beginning. It's the earliest institution that we have uh, when God created Eve. And it's with uh, one man and, and one woman united in marriage till death parts them. That's what we have in the scriptures. Of course, some will say, well, let's look at some of the patriarchs and some of the kings like King David who had multiple wives. But that was not the ideal. Right. And every time you find that situation, you find trouble. <laughs> and uh, David's family was a mess, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. You have, you know, Amnon raping his half-sister and then Absalom killing Amnon. And like I say, all kinds of uh, mess with that kind of a situation. And Jesus even pointed that out because the Pharisees, they brought that. They questioned him trying to trap him. Asking, well, you know, Moses allowed us to have divorce. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said, yes, but he did it because of the hardness of your heart. It was not the way God intended, but he intended that for this reason shall a man leave his mother and father and cling to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Mm -hmm. What God has joined, let no man rent asunder. You know, this whole aspect of marriage, Jesus put back in perspective. Now, what about Dr. Allison? Um, you're from, where are you located, in Pennsylvania? In Pennsylvania, uh, halfway between Philadelphia and Lancaster, uh, yes. in Malvern. Yes, okay, Malvern, right. Have you, in your experience, have you seen where there are some very faithful churches, certainly yours is one of them, uphold the, the preciousness of marriage, but have you seen churches that, go in the wrong direction and start supporting uh, agendas that are not biblical. Uh, Yes, that has become more and more prevalent in the day and age in which we live. And it's not just marriage that uh, people are turning from. It's the truth about the deity of Christ, salvation by grace, uh, the infallibility of scriptures, 
And when those things are jettisoned, then the morality of the people will also be changed. And we're seeing that uh, with abortion and, and now with marriage, where people are redefining marriage according to their dictates rather than to the Scriptures, uh, and letting the Scripture give them what God wants from them. We're all sinners saved by grace. That's what the Church is made up of. And many of the sins that God's people have committed are immoral sins. But God calls upon his people to turn from that, to believe on Christ. And uh, while they are sympathetic with those in the world that are yet bound in sin, yet they're still still supposed to be salt as well. They're supposed to be a witness and a testimony uh, as to what God wants out of his people. And he is the one who, as Mark has already said very uh, eloquently, uh, he is the one who has established marriage and the he did that in the Garden of Eden before man fell into sin. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, it's something that God has established as the norm, and not to be changed by man. It's to be followed after uh, in the fear of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Now, um, as churches obey the Lord and preach the Word and are faithful to the Word, it's a beautiful thing, and we see the churches grow. We see um, people going out into society and living godly lives, influencing the culture around them. And so um, I, I see that as a good thing, right, uh, to to follow your callings, whatever they are, as laymen, laywomen, <laughs> and do the work of the kingdom. And that's right. And that's a, and the church has always stood and, and spoken to society. After all, that's what got John the Baptist in trouble mm-hmm. with King Herod. He spoke up and said, you know, the relationship you have with this woman is not a right thing. And, oh, yes. and that's what got him imprisoned to begin with and mm-hmm. uh, later beheaded. And, of course, uh, even Paul, when he was brought before Felix, he talked about righteousness and he talked about these things. It made Felix very uncomfortable, mm. as Acts tells us, and yet very curious, too. So That's true. Yeah. 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 So he had him back. Looking for a bride, but I also I think very interested in what Paul was saying in yes. terms of the moral dictates uh, that should be lived by. Now, I'm just looking at the clock here, and I realize that we need to take a short break, and uh, we'll continue this discussion on the other side of the break. And in particular, I also want to pick up a certain thread that we left uh, last week uh, concerning um, societal sins and um, the relationship of the church to those sins. We had a very interesting feedback from one of our listeners that we appreciate, and we want to discuss that as well. Stay with us. This is A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. We'll be right back.
We'll be right back with our program in just a minute. Now a reminder that your gifts to this ministry enable us to bring you thoughtful, Christ-centered programming 24 hours a day. Would you prayerfully consider helping us with a tax-deductible gift this month? Redeemer Broadcasting is a 501c3 not-for-profit broadcast ministry. We're entirely listener-supported and have no advertisements. If you would like to help support us this month, and perhaps in the future, our mailing address is Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Once again, Redeemer Broadcasting, Post Office Box 1520, Olive Bridge, New York, 12461. Stay with us now for the second half of our program. And welcome back. You're tuned to A Plain Answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting. In the studio with me is the Reverend Mark Diedrich. On the phone is Dr. Mark Allison. Today we're talking about uh, the church and society. It's really a follow-on discussion from last week. And uh, one of the statements we made last week caught the attention of one of our listeners, and uh, we received some feedback for which we are thankful. And uh, we had been talking about the sins of society uh, we wanted to reassure the listeners that um, we are sinners ourselves, and uh, except for the grace of God, there go I, if you will. Um, in that original discussion, we had talked about um, some of the sins uh, during the war between the states or the Civil War, certainly the sin of slavery, but also the sin of the North, um, in particular the churches turning to bad theology, turning away from God. And that segued into a statement how that societal sins start in the church. And um, that is a, um, that's a statement which we need to parse a little bit today. Um, the point that was being made is that uh, sometimes there is laxity in the church, sometimes there is a lack of love for Christ in the church, and sometimes this cavalier attitude about God's Word affects the church then it outwardly flows to society. And that was the point that was trying to be made. I want to make sure that we weren't misunderstood, and perhaps we were, and uh, didn't state it quite as accurate as we should, that it's only some of the churches, uh, not all. And so we're not making ourselves feel guilty for the sins outside the church. We're not responsible for them. Um, if if uh, people who hate Christ don't love the church, decide to live sinful lives, we don't bear that responsibility. However, there is a more subtle form of linkage between the church and society. And that's what, um, that's what we were trying to, to cover, and I'm not mm. sure we, we did that mm. as thoroughly as we should have. Yeah, and, and I think part of that, that linkage is... We're probably more culpable today, for example, than the early church was. If you look at the early church, they were a minority group. If you will, in terms of societal influence, they were kind of a blip on the screen. They weren't very 
very much an influence in that first century. Eventually they did. Eventually they became very influential in society. But for the first part, they weren't. Our nation, however, was founded by many Christians who had a a Judeo-Christian worldview. And consequently, the church has had tremendous influence on society. Now it's become less so in our own day. And I think that's been a problem with the church. Now, there are two things that make this discussion somewhat difficult, Dan. First is, we can see some of the church going so far as to apostatize. Yes. And so, we have seen much of the church who have abandoned biblical inerrancy, and uh, once they've abandoned the Bible, all manner of things happen. Mm -hmm. So, that's one aspect of it. The others are those who still hold to the basics of the of the faith, justification by grace through faith, the inerrancy of scriptures, and yet there is some failures among the evangelical churches as well. Mm-hmm. And I see it in two areas. One in being legalistic, law without grace, mm-hmm. and the other, grace without law. Mm. And being almost antinomian. Yes. We had we were talking about marriage. I heard of one popular country western singer who's uh, no doubt a Christian, talks about her church, says, we just don't say anything negative about homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I'm if like, you're going to preach the whole counsel of God and work through the scriptures, um, sooner or later you will come across those passages where God is very clear exactly, regarding marriage. Exactly. We need the law so that we know that we need the grace. Now, um, Dr. Allison, uh, let's uh, approach a subject here that you're well-versed in. We've mentioned it before on the air, and we haven't in a long time. Harold Camping. Um, He's now had a stroke. He's, by and large, out of the picture. Um, They're playing some some of his tapes, etc., and some more recent recordings where his voice is terribly skewed. He sounds a little bit uh, like a drunk man. But um, in the case of Harold Camping specifically, he got to the point where he claimed that Satan was in all the churches. Can you help us? How do we deal with this subject where sometimes we will recognize that, yes, reform is needed in the church, but we don't want to abandon the church? Help us have some guidelines there how to think about this. Well, the church is a called-out body that have indeed embraced Christ as their Lord and Savior. It's made up of individuals who uh, believe in preaching Christ and the Word of God to their people. It's made up of people who are going to do the sacraments, the ordinances that Christ has ordained. It's made up of people who exercise discipline. Uh, That is one of the aspects of the ministry of the church, the pastor, the overseer, the uh, elder is one who uh, tends the sheep and guides the sheep and protects the sheep. And in doing that, there's going to be times when discipline is going to be enacted. So the, the church is a body that Christ has established. He calls it his bride. He calls it his body. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a, it's a union, not just like a organizational union of the Rotary or the Lions Club, but there's actually a spiritual union where the Holy Spirit dwells in the believer, and then unites them to Christ and to every other believer. And so while we may have different names on our churches, yet if the church truly is holding to Scripture and is orthodox and is trying to walk 
in the paths that Christ has marked out for his people. It's a Bible-believing church. Uh, then that body won't die, because for it to die, Christ would have to die. Uh, it's, a, it's a vital, living union. And uh, Mr. Camping's attack on the church ended up with there being no pastors, no ordinances, uh, much of the New Testament epistles you could throw out because they were no longer valid. Uh, it was really a wholesale attack on the work of Christ and his body, as it were, in the earth. Uh, but the Church of Christ will be here when Christ comes. He's coming Amen. for his church. And while the church has always gone through periods of apostasy, yet the Lord always brings up a response. It is the Lord building his church, and so he reaches down in every generation and raises up others who believe the gospel and will will teach and preach it. And so what we have seen since the the apostles are gone, we have seen apostasy, and then we see a response. Mm -hmm. And then apostasy... Mm -hmm. And a response. In fact, you could you could actually write a book on church history just with those two themes: apostasy and response. Uh, Mark and I are both ministers in Presbyterian churches, and yet there was a time when the Presbyterian church at large was a pure church, and now it, it shames us that perhaps the largest Presbyterian denomination in America, uh, you wouldn't recognize it for the things that it's allowing and doing immoral things as well as teaching things that are not truth. So what has God done? He's raised up a response. Mm. And, and because the seeds of destruction are in our hearts, uh, because we're human, we, 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 we still are fighting the, the, the battle with the flesh, uh, the seeds of destruction are in every church, and the church has to be vigilant to keep those evil heresies or carnal, wicked practices out of the church and as soon as it lets down its guard, the church will be overrun in one generation. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take long. We, we see all that in the days of the Apostle, where when Paul was writing to the Galatians, a heresy was destroying the whole region of churches. When he wrote to the Corinthians, it was more of a practical issue. Uh, immorality was part of that issue. And so, you know, every generation has to be vigilant, uh, fighting, as it were, the battle to keep truth uh, foremost in, in their thinking and, and walking in the paths that God has given us, uh, and then when we're that, when we do that, we will be salt. We'll be what our Lord said, light. He said, "Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven." And so, as we walk with Him, that, that light will shine. But what we're seeing now, as the church turns away from the Lord, the light is diminished. Mm. As the light is diminished, that's what we're seeing in our society in America right now. And I agree with Mark. We, we had a glorious beginning in this country. Few countries have ever seen the move of God like we have seen. Uh, the pilgrims came in 1620. The, the Puritans started coming in 1630. There's a great awakening in the 1730s, 1740s, a second great awakening right after the founding of our, our nice nation, the United States of America, uh, 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 an awakening that lasted 25 years an awakening where they used to call it waves of glory, where the Holy Spirit was poured out. Churches were established uh, due to the conversion of multitudes. Another prayer meeting move of God, as it's called in 1859, where literally the estimates go from 300 to 100,000 souls were brought into the, uh, to a million souls, excuse me, were brought into the kingdom. We're not sure the exact amount, but all of that had great impetus on our nation as forming of society. Mm-hmm. And what we are seeing now is a turning away from that. If you want to see the culprit, 
uh, at the bottom of this issue is not the sinful world. The sinful world will always be the sinful world. We're born sinners. It is the church turning away, the church diminishing the light or putting the light under a bushel. And when it does that, uh, then the world just becomes more and more corrupt. Mm, yeah. Mark, you really pointed it out so well with the, you know, what does the church have to do, you know, and, and you went through the things uh, that make a real church, you know, the gospel and and the scriptures, following the scriptures, and discipline. Mm. And I think one of the areas where many of the churches have fallen down so much is this area of church discipline. Um, and I, I have a little anecdotal thing years ago. The man had grown up in two, he had been in two, what we would call evangelical churches. Mm. They're both evangelical churches. And in the course of our discussion, he pointed out, he said, yeah, um, his wife and he had lived together without being married for some time. He said, was that wrong? Mm-hmm. And I thought, here you've been uh, involved with two evangelical churches, and you don't know the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah. That's a good point. This is a helpful discussion, and it, it shows the linkage between uh, purity in the church. And we could also say... Um, Godliness in the homes as well. Mm. The church and love for Christ uh, flows into the home, which flows into society. Um, maybe we could talk just a bit about the homes as well. Well, I, I think that much of our problem stems with, you know, the, the homes taking the Word of God and applying it to the husband and the wife and the children. Mm. And uh, no, no home's going to be perfect. It's, it's sinners living under the same roof. They're going to need God's grace and God's mercy. Uh, there's no paradise on earth at this point. There will be one later when the Lord comes, but at this point there is not. But the closest thing to paradise is is to a man and a woman who know the Lord and love the Lord, treating each other the same way the Lord is treating them, uh, and raising their children in that environment. Uh, that is the closest thing to paradise you're going to get on this earth. Mm-hmm. And it's the Christian who has that. And, you know, the world is longing for that. The coupling up of sinners without Christ and mercy and grace oftentimes is World War III in the home, and it's misery, and it raises children who are miserable and abused. And that's where we are in the society. And the answer, the answer is not to turn away from the church. It's the Lord who established the church and established the home. The answer is to turn back to what the Scripture says about the home. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's what builds strong churches and a strong society in the end. Yes. The um, admonition that the apostle gives to homes where uh, the husband is head of the wife, and he's to love her as Christ yes. loved the church. Right. Um, sometimes I think that the world uh, hears about these um, standards that God sets up in the scriptures, and they mock it, they make fun of it, and they say, oh, that's all wrong. But what they fail to realize is that at the very bottom of this role that is a God-given role is the love of Christ, and this this, this mm-hmm. love of the husband towards his wife as Christ loved the church. And, and when you have that, then everything starts to take on a completely different meaning, uh, a different tenor, if you will, in that home. Um, sometimes there's going to be an impasse, and that husband, as being the head of the home, owns, O-W-N-S, owns that impasse. It's up to him 
to get things moving again. It's up to him to repent where he has to repent, ask forgiveness of his wife in loving terms. And, uh, you know, it's it's not all like, oh, I'm the boss. No, that's not it at all. It's the love of Christ. Well, I see we're well out of time already for uh, the broadcast today. I wanted to read a quote. Maybe one of you pastors could comment quickly about this, going back to the churches and how that some churches are faithful, some are not. An old document, Westminster Confession of Faith, said this, uh, the purest churches under heaven and subject both to mixture and error, and some have so degenerated as to become no churches of Christ, but synagogues of Satan. Nevertheless, there shall be always a church on earth to worship God according to his will. I can't think of any better way to say it. than, <laughs> and, and you see it in the world today, and yeah. you've seen it through the history of the world. That's right. Well, gentlemen, it's nice having you here today in the studio and uh, Dr. Allison on the phone. And uh, Dr. Allison, um, any closing remarks from you before we uh, close the mics today? Well, you know, we're saved because the Lord had mercy on us. He is still building a church, gathering a people to himself. And he will do that to the end of the age. And when he saves us, he transforms us. It's a lifelong process as far as our sanctification is concerned. And we're just thankful that he's not done with us. And even though we see great wickedness in our society, he's not done with his people. He's still building his church, and uh, we need to follow him with all of our heart and just love the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, gentlemen. Uh, This has been a plain answer here at Redeemer Broadcasting in the studio today. The Reverend Mark Diedrich on the phone, Dr. Mark Allison. If you have a question for us, a reminder that our email address is ministry at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. This entire episode is up on our website. Check it out. That also is located at RedeemerBroadcasting.org. Quick reminder, please join us again next week for another edition of A Plain Answer.